there, fellow Star Wars nerds, and welcome to Unlimited Content, the podcast where two brothers talk about all of Star Wars film and TV in chronological order on the internet as an excuse to hang out more. We're your hosts, Sam and Jack, and this week we're talking about The Clone Wars, Season 1, Episodes 19 through 21, The Ryloth Arc. Sam, we're back. We are doing it again. We are doing it again, and I would disagree. We're probably not talking about Ryloth. You know we're probably talking Uh, about? Ahsoka episode five. Uh, let's be real. <laughs> this is the Ahsoka episode five episode. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll spend where we also part of the Ryloth. episode talking about Ryloth. This is very, this is very important. We have to talk about it. Yeah, it's a very huge arc, but it happened to come when it's time for Ahsoka episode five. Jack, for how one are of the biggest you? episodes of any Star Wars thing in in recent memory. Like, yeah, yeah, biggest since like Shattered. Except like we knew what was going to happen, but not how it was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. So maybe bigger um, than that. Anyway, uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, it is finally in Texas, in Austin, where I am, uh, below 100 degrees. We we were <laughs> we were in triple digit weather, weather like constantly for like two two and a half months, something like that. Um, and this past week, we finally dipped below 100 degrees, and we got some rainstorms. That was Ooh. nice. So it's starting starting to feel starting to feel nice. It's not you know. Definitely not fall weather yet. It's still like in the nineties most of the time, but like, yeah, compared to being in the triple digits all the time and having no rain, it's like oh, the world feels better now. Yeah, <laughs> life is bearable again. This is great. Yes. Yeah. Oh man. Well, that's good for you. I'm glad it's in the sixties right now here in Kansas City. So cool. Welcome to the Midwest, Thanks. man. Dude, come to the Midwest. <laughs> it's so much nicer. Yeah, uh, I think I told you I have some friends that moved to Colorado recently, oh, and they're gosh. like. It's, it's just so nice there all the yeah. time right now. Right it's off. it's unfair how nice it always is in Colorado. It's probably why yeah. it's so expensive to live there. It's also probably why I don't live yeah. there. Yeah. So I uh, I now have an excuse to go visit there at some point. <laughs> you though, do. So that's cool. Other than like Purple Mountain's majesty. Indeed. Yep. Jack, how are you? What's going on? What's new in your life? Uh, not much new, honestly. Just like continuing to to live and exist and try to 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 survive and, and going to therapy and being better and having my job and and enjoying my my regular weekends now. Ooh, that's a good feeling. Um, you know what I don't enjoy though, Sam, is bills. No, no, that we have to pay. I was trying to think of it all the time. time. Every time. Like, the whole time you were talking, I was thinking, I was like, how can I segue this? But you already did it. <laughs> <laughs> I got you covered. Don't worry. Right. And you know, what, you know who else has us covered is our sponsor. Because this week, this episode of Unlimited Content is brought to you by Soup. Soup. Soup is great. Soup is great. You can just, it's, it's, it's cheap, it's healthy, and you can make a bunch of it at the beginning of the week and then just have a whole week of meals. Dude. That's what I did. Yesterday I made taco soup, <gasps> so I've got I love taco, taco, soup. taco soup in my fridge. Yeah, oh, it's, dude, it's super simple. The, the recipe that we that we use, I, I got it from from mom. Which is the one that we use at home. But it's like it's taco soup so recipe. easy because it, yeah, it's basically just like you you know, you ground I mean, you brown like ground beef. Although I, I used a ground turkey because it's, it's for healthier. one it's it's healthier, and also I could get it ninety nine percent lean, which means Ooh. I don't have to drain any fat. So it's just that's incredible. Simpler. That's so nice. and yeah, then soup. So. It doesn't really matter if like you got yeah, juicy exactly. meat or not because it's it's soup. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So I, you 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 brown the meat and then you pour in like 
four cans of Rotel, a can of corn, two cans of, of ranch style beans, and then you add like taco seasoning and ranch dressing mix. And then just stir all that up and, and let like let it simmer for a while, and that's it. It's super simple, incredible. And, I love it. Yeah, and it's really good. And then I I, I like to uh, just <laughs> this makes it slightly less healthy, but I like to slather it with with sour cream and shredded cheese and eat it with chips. So. <laughs> As one does. I think it's a crime to not do that. Look, you can't have taco soup yeah. and not do that. You yeah, know, it's it's very important. It's very good. Yeah. Very very good. Speaking of new, yeah. food, so speaking of new cool food things that we do at our houses, we got an air fryer. Oh, yeah. Ooh, it's it's game changer, man. We made cool. air fried shrimp. We had it with like Alfredo oh. pasta tonight. That sounds delicious. It was. It's man. so good. It's so good. We're like we're trying to eat healthier in the Kansas City courthouse, and uh, mm-hmm. air fryer is going to make it happen because it tastes like fried food. It's not fried, mm-hmm. and uh, that's excellent. That's all I want. That's right. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, I've I found that I like whenever I get chips now, I pretty much always get baked chips because Ooh. it's just like it's a lot healthier and or, you know, a lot less bad for you, I should say, I guess. Yes. Um, and I also tend to like the just the I feel less gross after eating like a bag of baked potato chips versus oh, yeah. like actual like fried potato chips. I'm like, yeah, it's just it's it's there's less garbage in it. And mm-hmm. it, I think. Like I think my tastes have changed to the to the point where I think it tastes better. So like good, you know, so just That's some huge. Good, like yeah, some like sour cream and onion potato chips, but they're they're baked. It's delicious. Yeah, it's so good. Oh yeah, love it. We want to see some cool. It's been a, it's been, a, it's been a time. Yeah. Whoa. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. L- listeners, if, uh, you can't see this. But oh, has a new Apple Watch. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll <laughs> We took a brief break. Sam had to do some dad things, and now he's back. And he showed me he got a, a new wristband for his uh, his Apple Watch, and it, it's orange and it's got the rebellion symbol on it. It's very cool. I'm very happy about it. It, look, it looks rad. Looks yeah, good. big fan. Oof. So, Jack, what were we talking about? It's uh, been well, like an hour. Yeah, <laughs> it's not been an hour, it's but it's been like been ten like, minutes. Not not ten minutes, like five. I don't know. It, it sure. time is time okay. is weird. I'm tired. I'm tired. Um, so Texas isn't hot anymore. That's nice. What else have you been doing? Correct. Um, let's see. I what I've been up to uh, is kind of more of the same. You know, keeping up with Ahsoka, of course. Um, yeah. Which, which we will talk about. Oh yes. Uh, and playing some some video games. Play a little bit of Starfield. Uh, I'm, I'm having trouble getting into Starfield. It's it's like. I don't know. It's it's very like unfocused. It's sort of like it's very open ended. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to do, but I just like I'm I'm having trouble kind of finding like a, a through line, like a direction for what I want to do. That's not sure I can get into it, but like it's you know, it's it's I feel like it it's my experience with the game so far has felt like it feels a lot like Bethesda's past RPGs, like Fallout and Elder Scrolls and stuff, but like. It just it feels like it has less personality to it. It's just kind of like generic space travel themed and, you know, it's not mm-hmm. bad. It's just not it's not engaging me in the way that I hoped it would. Um, but I, yeah. I am, you know, hoping to, to get back and do it. But I also really want to get back into Baldur's Gate 3 because like this is one of those occasions where it's like it's kind of unfortunate that those two games came out so close to each other because Baldur's Gate 3 is so, so good and so like dense with with 
interesting things and full of characters that are full of personality and there's interesting stories and everything and by comparison like at least so far starfield is it's a different sort of game but just the fact that they're you know they're juxtaposed so yeah. closely it's like it, it just you know starfield feels so much kind of emptier and less exciting and engaging to me mm. um so it's, it's one of those cases where like if, if starfield had come out at a different time or in a different year where baldur's gate 3 didn't also come out i might feel a little more positively about it but ever since i've been playing starfield i've just been thinking man i kind of want to just go back and play more baldur's gate <laughs> you know um yeah but yeah that's what's been going on with my my, my video game plan and then uh, a couple things i wanted to talk about that are just like some interesting video game news that happened this week yeah uh, we got a couple of like uh let's see uh nintendo and sony both had like uh like online showcases for like showed off upcoming games and things um, sweet yeah so nintendo had theirs and theirs was much more the, the sony one was fine um the nintendo one had a bunch of interesting announcements a lot of like cool remakes and things and previews of upcoming games and um one interesting game that i'm i'm actually really excited for is uh there's a new game coming out for the switch starring princess peach where you really? play peach. yeah wow and this, this is the only, only the second time that peach has gotten her own game the first she, time was was it like a ds yeah. game or a game boy advance it was a it was ds yeah it was, okay. it was called super princess peach and it, uh yeah it was a <laughs> it's a in hindsight kind of a slightly problematic game because it's like it it's a, it's like a platformer but she has like different powers but they're all like based on different like emotions they're basically like her mood swings are powers and it's like uh, oh <laughs> kind of yeah it's very weird like 2006 was a weird for, time indeed <laughs> no kidding yeah um but this one that they just announced um hold on let me look up the title do it uh It is called Princess Peach Showtime. Showtime. Yeah, it's like a kind of an action adventure, like side scrolling game, but it takes place in a theater and each level is like a different play. And the kind of the gimmick is that you like Peach gets different outfits, different costumes that she gets to wear that give her different abilities. So there's like the first one they showed was Sword Fighter Peach, which it's just it's she's like in a cool like sort of medieval sword fighter outfit and she's got like a rapier and like okay and that's cool there's another one that's like yeah it is it is cool it's, yeah there's that there's like there's and also Kung Fu it's Peach. also very mario because like new outfit new ability like that's just like how most exactly. of mario games work yeah, so it yeah. makes sense mm-hmm. that like costumes from plays that's cool i like that it's fun yeah and i like that i also like the fact that it's like they're tying it together thematically with like this the, the theater idea yeah it's, cool, but it's kind of like a, its own unique concept and yeah, it just looks cool and fun. Uh, yeah, there's there's uh, Sword Fighter Peach. There's like Kung Fu Peach. There's uh, like Pastry Chef Peach. There's <laughs> Detective Peach. It's it looks it looks like a delight. A, do they a, do they have director? Fun, so. Do they have director Peach Chew? Detective Peach. Detective Peach Chew. Pe- Pe- <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, they don't. Although they did actually show some. Uh, there's a there's a new Detective Pikachu game Wait, coming really? out that they also showed footage from. Yeah, nice. Detective Pikachu Returns is coming out on Switch at some point soon. Um, I like that movie. It was a fun movie. I I wish. Ryan I don't Reynolds think they're Pikachu making a sequel to it. It was great. 
It, I, that movie was great. That the movie, the movie was genuinely yeah. super fun. I Did not expect movie. it to be as heartfelt yeah. as it was. It was a good movie. Yeah, honestly, what what a quality, what a quality movie. Yeah, um, yeah. So there's that the Peach game. The fact that Peach is getting her own game is rad because yeah. that's only happened once before and it wasn't great. And now this one looks super good and cool <laughs> and creative. We like that. Um, yes, we do like that. Um, another exciting announcement. Kind of, kind of like the the most the biggest announcement that the most people were kind of excited for when it happened uh, was that. Uh, the GameCube game Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door is getting a remake Ooh. Uh, for Switch. I remember that game. I remember that game being really cool. It's awesome. Yes, it's it's very it's it's like of all the Paper Mario games, it is by far the most beloved. Um, and th- there have been a, like several Paper Mario games that have come out over the past several years. Like there was one on Wii U, there was one or two on 3DS, um, but most of the one and then there was one on Switch also. But most of those have kind of been have sort of been received sort of mixed especially by like like fans of the older games mm. people were like you know it, it it lacks a lot of the kind of the, the humor and the personality and the the kind of unique story that those games yeah have. um so for those that don't know the paper mario games are generally they're like rpgs so they're they're role-playing games with stories where you play as mario who's like a silent protagonist but then there's all these different companions that you get to meet along the way and you go on adventures to different places and you fight enemies and it's 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 very like heavy on story and on comedy and um and the writing is very good in a lot of the games especially the especially the thousand year door um and that's that is a game that came out on gamecube and has been a, a beloved game for a long time and many many people have wanted like a, a modern remake of the game for a while there's like been fan campaigns and everything and then just kind of out of nowhere at the end of the, the last nintendo direct this week they revealed that it exists and it's coming out next year and it looks very good and people are very excited and yeah that's um, awesome see my yeah i know you you played a like mario and luigi superstar saga i did i love those games day. yeah yeah paper mario is very much similar to that like it's it's you know it's got a different aesthetic but it's it's the same sort of like you know same kind of combat system same sort of like exploration and uh like sense of humor you know it's very like you yeah. know very like kind of self-aware funny like yeah yeah, the Mario it's like the like the two D open world kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Except like I mean, Paper Mario is more of kind of like a it's it's three D. Yeah, it's three D where everything's flat because they're all paper. Yeah, <laughs> is the premise. Which but is yes, funny. Three D. Yeah. Um, I remember the yeah, the, the, cool. the original like Paper Mario like commercials on TV were hilarious because mm-hmm. it was just. Do you remember them? Because it was like Bowser. Like, but it was like literally just a cardboard cut out of Bowser, like in like an office, like a real world office, uh, <laughs> who had Princess Peach on a fishing line over a paper shredder. And it was... Oh no! <laughs> Man, yeah. I miss old gaming commercials. It was great. It was great. Video game commercials used to have have no fear in terms of how weird and they did cool not have to be like they had to be like only tangentially related to the game that they were advertising. It was awesome. Yes, <laughs> it's amazing. Old video gaming commercials are bring me so much joy. <laughs> yeah, very silly. Yes. Very, very silly. Um, yeah. And then the last thing uh, that they, well, yeah, I guess we didn't we didn't really get a lot of new information about this because uh, it was in a it had its own like Nintendo Direct uh, previously, like pretty recently. But Super Mario Bros. Wonder is yeah. What uh, is that? I've new... heard about that. What what what, what is it? Yeah, I think we talked about it briefly, but basically, it, it is a new two D side scrolling Mario game. It's the next mainline Mario. Oh, um, and it yeah. is like the 
it's like the first so, so like back in i think 2006 they came out with new super mario bros on the ds mm-hmm. and since then that game kind of defined the, the 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 aesthetic and the style and the gameplay and the mechanics of mario like for the last you know 15 years or whatever and we you know we, and we got a bunch of like we got one for the wii we got one for the wii u we got one for the 3ds we got super mario maker one and two which were basically just like you know you can make your own levels in that world you know and that, that kind of version of mario but we haven't had like a new kind of refresh of 2d mario in a long time mm. with, like a new visual style and, and new mechanics and things and this one uh looks to be that finally it, it looks super cool that like the art style has been updated it looks a little bit like almost claymation-y kind oh. of in, in, its, in its art style um there's a bunch of new like mechanics and ideas there's there's like special abilities that you can equip via badges that like you know give you 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 can like you know equip like one or two badges at a time or something and they give you different special abilities like there's one that lets you like instead of doing a wall jump you can like jump once vertically up a wall yeah um which looks cool cool. um yeah but yeah there's a bunch of just cool aspects to that also there's so many playable characters in it which is super cool um there you can play as you know your standard mario luigi toad and peach but they've added daisy which hey. is the first time you, i think the first time daisy's ever been playable as like a in a side-scrolling mario game which is it's, cool. it's always been like mario party um, and stuff right like in mario, yeah, it's been in mario party and, and mario sports games and stuff yeah, yeah. um oh this looks fun yeah, so you play as daisy which is super cool you can play yeah. as a bunch of different yoshis uh there's an elephant outfit that's fun Yes, you, one of the new power-ups is you turn into an elephant. It's just an elephant power-up, and it's delightful. I love um, it. I love it. Oh, this looks fun. Yeah, nice. it looks super good. I'm super excited for it. Um, also note, noteworthy about this game is that this is the first... Uh, this is going to be the first Mario game ever where Mario is not voiced by Charles Martinet. That's true. The, the long-time voice of Mario since, like, Super Mario 64. Um, he is retiring from that job and they got a new person. They, they haven't revealed who it is, but they, they have revealed that like it's whoever's voicing Mario in the new game is not Charles Martinet. It's the new person. Got um, it. So, so we haven't heard. Sounds slightly different. Oh, oh, oh we've heard, we've heard We've heard a little bit of it in, in the, in the trailers. Like okay. there's a few like little voice clips you can hear. Um, it. And I, it sounds fine to me. You know, it sounds a little bit different, but not in like a bad way. Is it, is um, it Chris Pratt? You know, could be. <laughs> they haven't told us. <laughs> <laughs> theoretically possible to be chris pratt could be chris it could be chris pratt could possibly be anyway yeah super mario bros wonder uh comes out in october and i'm very excited for that um and then the other game that i'm most looking forward to that's coming out later this year comes out on the same day as super mario bros wonder and that is spider-man 2 oh wow um very excited for this game so this is the uh the latest spider-man game from insomniac games uh they have they're known for making like uh they made the ratchet and clank series um and they've been around for a long time but in, in recent years they have been uh they, they released a ration clay game for the ps5 called rift apart that was very good but um other than that they've been working on spider-man games so in 2018 mm. they came out with uh their own new spider-man game it was very very good it's like one of the best if not the best superhero game to come out since like the like the batman arkham games Whoa. It's, it's very good it, it's uh do you Sam, do you remember the um the Spider-Man 2, like, movie adaptation game on the PlayStation 2 that we had yes. growing up. It was yes. very silly. So it's, it's, yeah, it was very silly and very fun. And, like, that's that game for a long time was, I think, a lot of people's, like, 
kind of high watermark for Spider-Man games because it had the web slinging in it was so good. Like it felt good to swim yeah. around the city and it was like it also was like a real map of New York too. Like it was like, or like yes, I think it was so. like a, a big like felt like you know actually exploring New York. Yeah. Um and Spider-Man twenty eighteen is basically like that, but you know, with modern graphics and a really, really good original story and great performances and it's beautiful and amazing. It's anyway, great game. And then they came out with Spider-Man Miles Morales, which was a like a sequel, but kind of like a like a half sequel sort of. It's it's like a you know like an in between smaller game. It's like it's an in betweenquel. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> That's the term. Um where you get to play as of course Miles Morales. Um and it's super good. Um and it's it's shorter. Uh but it's I I, I think that was honestly for the better. Like I liked it better than, than the first Spider Man game because it was like uh you know it's kind of just a more concentrated story and it, it didn't feel like it overstayed its welcome or anything it's just anyway excellent excellent game yeah um, and now spider-man 2 is coming out the the official like big big sequel um and it looks great it's on ps5 so it it, it, it looks beautiful of course and insomniac knows what they're doing so they're you know it, it, it looks great and it looks like it's gonna play great and uh, you get to play as both spider spider folks Ooh. in it. You get to play as as both Peter and Miles, and like switch between them. Um, they expanded the map really bit, like much more. So like, uh, in for the first couple games, it was just like it was the island of Manhattan. So still, it's really big. Like it, yeah. it's, it's not like an actual like two scale version of Manhattan, but it's like big enough that it feels like it is. You know? Sure, 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 sure. Um, and it looks great, and it's it's super fun to to swing around in. Um, but for Spider-Man 2, they expanded it to add, I think, Queens and Brooklyn are now Ooh. also places you can go to, which is which is rad. Um, you can, like, cross the Brooklyn Bridge and, like, go to Brooklyn now, which is cool. That's um, awesome. So that's super exciting. And then also they, uh, there's a bunch of, like, there's a bunch of different villains that they've revealed they're going to be in it. Like, um, Craven the Hunter is going to be one of oh, the wow. villains. Oh, wow. Nice. Um, and then the big one is Venom. Venom's going to be in it. So the, they're doing the whole Venom thing with the, the the symbiote suit and all that. So that'll be exciting to see. That will be exciting. Um, yeah. So very excited for that game. I I I love Spider Man. Spider Man's my favorite superhero. Same one favorite. He's one of my favorite characters. I just he's he's very close to my heart, and I love these games. And it's I'm super excited to to get that. And we're getting Mario on the same day. It's going to be a good day. And it's like late October, so it's around my birthday. So it feels hey. like these are like two birthday gifts this, for me this year, <laughs> next year. This year? This year, this year. Yes. Nice. Yes, next month. Sweet. Yeah, this, yeah man, it is, yeah, it's September now, so it's next yeah. month is when we're getting these. Man, it's only a month away. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Heck yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so that's that's my... That, that's Jack's video game soapbox for this week. Um, just lots of, lots of cool, exciting games to be excited about. And I love Spider-Man. And uh, yeah. What about you, Sam? What have you been up to? What's, what's uh, your week been like? I've been playing some video games, specifically uh -huh. the original Star Wars Battlefront 2. Finally got it on uh, on Steam because Excellent. I'm a dork, and of course I'm playing that game because it's I only know how to play yeah. games I've played before. Um, <laughs> and I love it, except it's kind of glitchy, which is kind of frustrating. Um, yeah. I got to figure out how to make that work better mm -hmm. on my computer. It's possible that, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there are, like, some mods you can download online. That a lot of old games will have, like, fan patches. Even on like Steam? Yeah. Um, uh yeah i mean like you wouldn't get it through steam you could but like you would go to there's like a web website called nexus mods okay. i could send you a link to it but it's, it's Ooh, like please do um yeah 
Uh, I, I would not be surprised if Battlefront 2 has has some mods available for it. Yeah. Um, and some of those might be like performance improvements or like fan patches to fix glitches and stuff that happens sometimes with, with older games. Yeah, it's, um, really, it's really frustrating because yeah. like there'll be times where it'll just the screen will just go black and I can't see like huh. it's just nothing. <laughs> yeah, which is uh, not not great. Uh, mm. But yeah, no, the the night I got it, I like did almost the entirety of episode three in the campaign. And it was awesome. Oh, excellent. <laughs> awesome. I loved it. I got to uh, the storming of the Jedi Temple during Order 66, which oh, is gosh. like the hardest level because there's because mm-hmm. Jedi is the hardest characters to fight against. And you're just getting mm-hmm. bum rushed by like dozens of Jedis all at once. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's and like the hardest part of the level, I think, is um, which this isn't in the movie or anything but it like you have to like the like apparently the 501st and palpatine are trying to like steal the jedi archives and like download them all mm, but the jedi are trying to destroy the archives so that you can't get mm. it so you have to like That's stop cool. the jedi from destroying the archives but like the timing is really random on like there's like six like bookcases that you have to like protect and uh yeah. by the time you get there like three of them are already gone and uh, yeah and like it's like they blow up very fast um and it's it's not great there have been times that like i've gotten there died immediately and then i respawn on like the furthest point you can from the respawn point and then by the time i get there it's over and it's just like you can't yeah it's like well i got (laughs) one shot and it didn't work so it's frustrating you missed your chance yeah but it's opportunity comes once in a lifetime sam do not miss your chance. <laughs> Hate you. <laughs> Mom spaghetti. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's been fun. Did that. And then in other uh, completely unrelated, uh, Sarah and I got a projector. Like. You. But like we got it at Aldi. Like. You ever shopped at really? Aldi's before? I'm aware. I've never been. I've, I've heard it's a magical place. It is a magical place. I've never place. been to an Aldi. And uh, there's this like this random aisle in the middle of the store that always just has the most random, like Aldi branded junk. It's just like, like we've gotten like, Oh gosh, what the stuff we've gotten there before. Like, like, uh, I don't know. I've gotten Marion shoes there. Like her favorite pair of shoes, are like Minnie Mouse shoes. <laughs> and they're, they're like Crocs oh. with like Minnie Mouse's face on them. And I got those there. Uh, ran like Tupperware, which makes sense to get a grocery store. But then like, uh, we, They'll have like fire pits, like that you can hook up a propane tank to. Just like random, wow. the most random junk, or like exercise equipment, mm-hmm. or like stuff for like like a travel thing for like a bicycle, like a like a travel like <laughs> like toolkit. Uh, yeah. But they had a projector for seventy dollars at Aldi, and so I got it. And Sarah and I have been watching stuff um, on. We have like this one big blank wall. It's the wall that's right behind mm-hmm. me. Uh, yeah. And we uh, have been in bed just, like, watching, like, stuff. Like, watching movies. We watched uh, Sarah's Big into Halloween, so we've started watching Halloween movies. We watched Beetlejuice the other night, which I had never seen. Excellent. And it's a uh, great movie. 10 out of 10. Recommend. I have also never seen it. That's that should be on my... Very... I should watch that this, ha- this Halloween season. Yeah. Very weird. I did not expect it to be <laughs> as, like, weird. It's, like... it's a t- So it's a Tim Burton movie starring Michael Keaton mm-hmm. as Beetlejuice. And it's, like... A yes. lot raunchier than I thought it would be. Like, oh yeah, 
Beetlejuice <laughs> is like he's like a skis. Like he's like he's like pretty like <laughs> like uh-huh. uh like the worst kind of used car car salesman, but also like the devil. <laughs> like and just like wow. Yeah, very like like intentionally misogynistic just cuz like like it is like too sexual to like but like also he's disgusting. Like he just like looks like a homeless person <laughs> who is like overly sexualizing any female character on screen. And it's gross, but like in a funny way, because like is he's it's supposed to like be like he's disgusting. And so it's not like glorifying yeah. it anyway. It's just like, no, he's gross, and this is what gross yeah. people do. No, I get it. Yeah, sure, sure. So yeah. but it's uh very funny. I I liked it a lot. Um so yeah, I'm gonna watch it. Uh uh a who's the who's uh oh gosh. Uh Alec Baldwin as like a twenty year old who's like in this movie. That's like one of the what? main characters. Yeah. Huh. And Winona Ryder as a seventeen-year-old, she was the kid in the movie. Ew. Winona Ryder, because the movie came out in like eighty-eight. Right, I, I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, like, yeah. Like she I, like I, plays I like a that. high school kid, uh, and mm-hmm. it's like, oh wow, and I've never seen her like in a young, like I've seen her like in as like a young adult, but never like as a kid, you know. So mm-hmm. it was, it was kind of didn't expect it, but it was cool. It was really good. So we're doing that. We've also uh, been we started to rewatch Supernatural. Did you ever watch Supernatural? The TV I show? not. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm aware of, I'm okay. aware of it. I know about it, but like, you know, I've never seen yeah, it. It's uh, a lot of fun. So we're watching that. We went to Half Price Books mm-hmm. and I got uh, the first three seasons of Supernatural for like $25 on DVD. Nice. So we're watching that right now. Oh, yeah. Amazing. But they had like the entire first 10 seasons, but I was like, let's get the first. Like, we watched a couple. But let's then pace we, like, ourselves. Let's pace ourselves. <laughs> like, I don't want to spend $100 on DVDs and then like, we, like don't wind up watching them. But we're watching them. So we'll probably go back in a couple weeks and do more. Um, yeah, but yeah, so that's that and Ahsoka is all I've been up to. Let's be honest. Cool. So, well, speaking of which, speaking of Ahsoka, should we get into? <laughs> should we get into that? Can we please? Can we please. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So, so uh, listeners, um, the episode we're talking about is episode five of Ahsoka. Uh, where we left off at the, the end of the last episode is uh, Ahsoka got knocked into the ocean. And then woke up in the the world between worlds, and Anakin Skywalker, Hayden Christensen was there, and also uh, Sabine left to go to the unknown regions with Bail and Skull, and it's it was a, a big old cliffhanger, and it's very exciting. And then we got this episode, and it was uh, I don't know about you, Sam, I thought it was pretty incredible, like it, uh, one of the like best episodes of Star Wars live action television ever. And best act, like best yeah. Star Wars content I've seen in a long time. Like far not. It's, it's it's so good. Like I I never rewatch things. I've I watched it mm-hmm. twice, and we'll probably watch it again before the next episode comes out. I never rewatched like episodes I, I, of television yeah. uh-huh. uh, unless it's, I'm like, probably gonna watch it again before the next episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've watched it twice. Probably we'll watch it the third time. Like it's it's that good. It's so so good. Yes, yes. Uh, it, this this feels this episode feels like kind of the culmination of everything Dave Filoni's been doing up to this point. Oh, it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's it's this, like... So, you know, most of the episode takes place in the World Between Worlds or in, like, kind of visions that, that uh, Ahsoka and Anakin are sharing together. And it's like... Uh, I mean, we get... <laughs> we get Anakin Skywalker as... Hayden Christensen and Anakin Skywalker fighting Ahsoka uh, in a lightsaber duel in the World Between Worlds. And then we get the two of them, like we get essentially flashbacks to the clone wars in live action. We get to see like Anakin, like, like young, like early clone wars, Anakin in his like clone wars general outfit. 
basically. And yeah. We could see all a bunch of like early like Gen One clone troopers, uh, and then we like cut ahead to uh, like the the siege of Mandalore. Like we you don't really see Mandalore itself. Everything's kind of like shrouded in fog and stuff. But like it's but you can, can tell see, the siege like, of Mandalore. See, like, yeah, because like we see like a uh, like a Death Watch uh, yeah. guy right at one point, mm-hmm. um, and we, we get we get to see young Ahsoka. They, they like cast a a young actress to play young Ahsoka in, in, you know, both kind of beginning and end of Clone Wars. Yeah. Ahsoka. And so we got to see like live action version of that, that era of, of Ahsoka. And we got to see, uh, very exciting. We got to see live action Rex for the first time. Yes. Finally. Rex was there and he said a line. He had a line. Yeah. <laughs> and it was and, like, and it was voiced uh, by Tamora Morrison, which was awesome. Yes. In- incredible. Just like getting to see these, these moments and, it was kind of like a, a distillation of everything that we got out of like Anakin and, and Ahsoka's relationship in the Clone Wars series, but kind of distilled down into a few short scenes in one episode, but in live action. And so it was just a, it was a really cool, like, there's so many, so many cool things to, to love about this episode. But um, yeah, yeah that, that definitely the highlight of it was definitely that whole sequence, the kind of the series of scenes with Anakin and Ahsoka and them kind of like, him like quote unquote completing her training basically yeah um, man it was unreal like how just good watch this episode felt like uh like first off the the actress who played young ahsoka in um the flashback scenes she did a great job uh of like portraying. Yeah, yeah yeah and she i believe she was the actress who played young gamora in uh avengers endgame i think oh yeah the, the, the what did it cost <laughs> yeah 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 uh in like thanos is like okay, okay I can see like that, yeah. soul stone flashback thing um yeah, yeah she yeah, played yeah. she played young gamora um she did a really really good job and i think what hit me this episode like watching this episode of ahsoka that like doesn't come across in the clone wars is like the just the fact that ahsoka is a child soldier like yeah it's it's harder to tell when they're in animated form but when you see like an actual real person playing her it's like oh she's like she's like, 14. She's like a middle schooler yeah. she's like a kid yeah yeah like and, she, and here she is like having to, to to fight in a war and like there's there's an interesting like you know a lot of what what anakin and her talk about during these scenes is uh you know the idea of, of like ahsoka being like i we we shouldn't be doing this like this isn't what I trained for this isn't the Jedi way to, to be fighting a war and to be surrounded by violence and, and death. And, um, and Anakin kind of talks to her and is like, yeah, well, I mean, when I was being trained, when I was growing up, it was, uh, it was different. We were peacekeepers. Um, and now we're soldiers and that's just that, you know, we have to adapt to the times and that's the time that you're growing up in. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. Just like that whole, like, it's fascinating to get to see, kind of these conversations that we've had sort of in some form before in, in, in an animation, um, but seeing it with live action actors and like, yeah, it's just super cool. And it also just feels very validating of the animated shows in, in a oh, way yeah. to be like, you know, like, yes, like, I mean, obviously Ahsoka herself getting her own live action show was all, already amazing. But like the fact that we get these, these Clone Wars flashbacks and these like, like sort of retellings of, of moments from, uh, that, we, that we've already seen and it's like yes these these are important these are integral to the 
the overall plot of Star Wars and the arc of Ahsoka as a character. And yeah, you know, the it's it's an important part of the Star Wars universe, and you know, it give, kind of giving it its due. Absolutely, yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, and it was it was cool because it was clear that Hayden Christensen watched Clone Wars because like he was acting mm-hmm. like the Anakin we see in the Clone Wars TV show. And not exactly like he's a little more Matt Lantery. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He was he was portraying that version of the character rather than the version of the character he played in episodes two and three. Um, Which, like, no disrespect, the one the version he played in two and three, like, he did a great job. And Mm -hmm. like, I think watching all of this like makes me appreciate his performance in the prequel movies all the more. Um, Just like it was just so good to see him blend Matt Lanter's interpretation of Anakin Skywalker and his own. In, and then bring more to the character through this episode was it was so good it was so yeah I, yeah it was amazing I, I have no words other than like just nothing but praise yeah. for for this yes and I, I think it was it was especially cool to like you know it occurs to me that we've never really gotten to see hayden christensen's anakin skywalker be like <clears throat> like a leader or a mentor and this is the first time we've gotten to see him be like, you know, be a Jedi master, be, you know, kind of training Ahsoka and kind of giving wisdom and like showing that he's like, uh, you know, he's not just like a, a cocky, talented kid, because that's kind of all we get to see of him in in, in the prequel films. Yeah. Um, whereas in, in the Clone Wars, we get to see him kind of in his element and we understand like this is why he commands so much respect and this is like what makes him such a good general and such a good Jedi. And um, it's not just talent. It's also, it's hard work and it's a, a lot of like hard earned wisdom. And we, we don't get to see a lot of that. We we see a lot of the, the immaturity and we see a lot of the kind of the relationship between him and his superiors, but no, you know, not between him and the people that like see him as a superior. Yeah. Um, and so like, it's, it's just cool to get to see that side of Anakin portrayed by Hayden Christensen. Yeah. Yes. 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 Gosh, it was it was so. And then like his like blending of the like Clone Wars Anakin and Revenge of the Sith Anakin and Darth Vader, like and just like weaving between the two as like those different versions of Anakin were encountering Ahsoka and like um yeah because that that whole sequence uh I thought was kind of just about uh like like. Ahsoka's quote-unquote final lesson was, can she make the decision that Anakin himself was unable to make? Can she choose life rather than uh, decide that death is the way? Right? That was, like, it was life or death was kind of, like, the, like, what he kept saying. Like, do you choose life or do you choose yeah. death? Do you choose, like, to be defeated or do you choose to conquer? Like, that was kind of, like, the, the mm-hmm. options. And she chose her own kind of, like, uh, middle way, almost. Like, she didn't choose death she didn't choose to be defeated but she chose to conquer through the jedi way it's through the same jedi way that like luke beat vader in episode six where like mm-hmm. i like i'm not gonna fight you and he throws a lightsaber and, like ahsoka did the same thing like i'm not gonna fight you and throws a lightsaber and uh anakin says like i've heard that line before and like it was really really cool just kind of like like it was ah uh, is i i could oh man ah yeah and then and that's not even the whole episode like that could have been an entire episode, but then on on top of that, we got a couple of different things. We got this this framing device that's kind of like you know the meanwhile of like uh, Hera and uh, Chopper and and 
and Jason, yeah, um, kind of looking looking for uh, Ahsoka, trying to figure out where she where she is and and where uh where Sabine went and everything, and just kind yeah. of trying to solve that mystery. And we get with some really cool moments of like a like Hera and and Jason interacting, but yeah. specifically of like J- Jason kind of doing some force stuff, like you know sensing in the force, like he can tell that things are happening in the world between worlds and that like Ahsoka's fighting Anakin and like, yeah, just kind of a, a, just these cool moments of like, he he has the force abilities and they acknowledge that. And so they're like, no, like keep, keep flying around the ocean and trying to find Ahsoka cause she's out there and, and Jason knows it. And yeah, you know, that was really cool. Yeah. That whole sequence was, was rad. And yeah. then we, we got a Kanan Jarrus name once, drop. That was great. Yes, that was cool. Um, <clears throat> And then, uh, after they find her, we get a really cool sequence of, like, essentially seeing kind of a, a new version of Ahsoka. You know, she's kind of come out of her sort of chrysalis. And, like, yeah. we get, like, a new, you know, A, she gets a new outfit. Yeah. And she's got, like, this kind of bright, the kind of lighter colored, flowy outfit that looks very, like, kind of wise, jet, wise like, light side Jedi sort of, like, it's super cool and she she's clearly like at more kind of at peace with herself and her like, yeah we we see her a lot like she's much more smiley now like she has been very yes, sullen yeah, yeah. very somber very introspective very uh like clearly has her guard up all the time and now she's relaxed she's like i don't know where we're going but we're gonna follow the force the force is gonna take us it's gonna be great and like she's just like at peace just trusting in the force and not like like you can tell she's not white knuckling anymore like she yes yeah and it's it's so good it's very much uh and i'm pretty sure this was intentional like a gandalf the great a gandalf the white kind of thing um yeah, yeah. because i mean because dave Lund is a huge lord of the rings nerd um and i yes. i know that like he it had to have been intentional like because she was wearing dark gray clothes from where we from when like basically from the last time we saw in rebels until other than like the rebels flashback which i don't know mm-hmm. um and up until like right before this or right before she went to the world between worlds she was wearing like dark gray almost black like clothes um and she mm-hmm. now she comes yeah. out and she's wearing light gray almost white like it's a very yes. and she's much happier she's much more in touch with herself and with the force and like it seems like she got a lot of closure from that encounter with anakin um that she mm-hmm. like wasn't yeah. able to have before yeah and then we immediately get like a uh, like a, an immediate demonstration of of kind of this changed Ahsoka because <clears throat> I feel like okay how do we how do we get to the unknown regions how do we follow Sabine and and get to them and Ahsoka's like I think I have an idea and they go and they find the Pergil up in the sky and then Ahsoka like f- like talks to one of the Pergil with the Force. And then she's like, okay, let's fly inside this giant pergil. <laughs> they literally fly her ship inside of a pergil and then let it take them to God knows where. But it's like, <laughs> it's it's such, it was such a cool, beautiful sequence. Like, ah, oh, what an amazing, yeah. like, way to end that episode. It was like, so good. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Another thing I wanted to, to mention is that you mentioned Lord of the Rings and, like, yeah, like I think yeah, Dave Filoni is is he's definitely a Lord of the Rings fan, and I think there's been some like references to Lord of the Rings throughout some of his mm-hmm. Star Wars work. And one thing in particular, like um the uh 
there's a track on the soundtrack uh, for Star Wars Rebels Season 2. Um, I think it's the music that plays at the end of Twilight of the Apprentice. Um, and it's called Where the Sun Sails and the Moon Walks, which is a quote from one of the Lord of the Rings books. Apparently. Ah. Um, so, that's yeah. cool. That does sound Tolkien-y. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... Very excited. To, oh man, my gosh. Like what an, what an incredible episode. What an amazing, like so many cool, like things that we finally got that we've been wanting for forever. Like, I mean, you know, live action Pergo, we got a little bit of that already, but like, yeah. you know, we got more of that. We got Ahsoka, the white, we got like getting to see, you know, live action Clone Wars era, Anakin. We got to see live action Clone Wars era, Ahsoka. We got to see live action Rex. We got to, just so many so many cool amazing moments and it just all you know so many things from both the clone wars and rebels coming together in this one yeah. episode and it, it like like i said it feels like the culmination of all the feloni things up to this point yeah you know being like it it, it was like as soon as I, I finished watching that episode i was like that is that is the dave feloni shit i wanted yeah we awesome haven't even seen character yet. development, awesome force stuff. Ugh. Yeah, we haven't yeah. even seen Thrawn yet. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's gonna get so much yeah. better. We haven't gotten holy crap. <laughs> we haven't gotten to, we haven't gotten to the unknown regions. We haven't seen Ezra. We haven't seen Thrawn. And we and we got this incredible episode. And like, man, it's it's yeah, nuts. This is this is a great show. This is this is, yeah, it's so good. Star Wars fans are eating good right now. This is this is good. Delicious. It's a good time to, to be a Star Wars fan. Oh man. Uh one thing I noticed about this, and this would be a nice transition to our discussion for this week's arc, is uh the mm-hmm. first Clone Wars sequence we see in Ahsoka episode five takes place on Ryloth. Did you notice that, Jack? Yes, we see we see, we see some Twi'leks in the background, yeah. Yeah, and uh Ryloth, the home planet of Hera Syndulla, and we meet her dad this arc. Uh, as the freedom fighter Chamsundula, the Twilight freedom fighter yes. on the planet of Ryloth. Uh, he is a very interesting character that we see a lot going forward. Um, and he, yeah. I, I believe we did, we met him once before. Oh, did we? Uh, in, yeah, there was one episode. It was the episode with I'm a gun die. <laughs> um, ah, yeah, there was one episode that took place on Ryloth and, and Chamsundula was there for that episode. But this, this is the first episode where we really get to know him and it's like, yeah, we, he, we, he's we a major get to character. understand what. Yeah, we we get to understand like what his deal is and kind of the the central conflict of what will end up, you know, what will end up being the center of his story for the the course of the Clone Wars and, and beyond. Um, yeah. So, yes, exciting times. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, man. Yeah, actually, there, there were some cool like after having watched that episode of Ahsoka and then watching this arc, there were some, some interesting moments of like kind of some sort of serendipitous, like, Oh, that, that there's like some connections between this arc and mm-hmm. the episode that we saw. And like, you know, with, with, I mean, with, with obviously, like you said, um, Ryloth, but also with like getting to see, you know, both this arc and with the, the episode of Ahsoka, we got some like Ahsoka trying to, you know, learn how to deal with and face death in, in war and uh, Anakin kind of talking her down and being like, you know, this is 
this is something you have to deal with. This is war, and this is the you know the way the times are, and um, yeah, you know, we, we got a bit of that in both, and and then of course the the Sindula connection. We got to see Chom Sindula in in this arc, and then we got to see his daughter and his grandson in yeah the the Ahsoka episode. So yeah, yeah. We also and we'll get more into this, but we get to see the uh, just Anakin's intensity as as a Jedi Master. Uh, training a padawan mm-hmm. like we get to see that and all this uh we should we should probably just jump in like we are yes we, yeah so let's uh do it. let's do it we have we three got. episodes to get through <laughs> we, uh, we have three episodes to get through and uh yeah and it's already 10 o'clock at night just do that all right uh let's so this episode and all three of these episodes take place in 22 bby wait no oh gosh i'm a fool 21 bby bad habits die hard <gasps> yeah we're in 21 yeah. Yeah, By the way, this is the last um this is the last full arc that takes place in season one that we're gonna be watching. Um oh. after this we'll 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 have seen every season one episode except for the last one, which will which like takes place significantly later chronologically and it's part of another arc. So like Wait, what? Uh yeah. You're so right. the Yeah. So like the ne- the next episode it's like a some with a kidnapping or the senate or something i don't remember the one. <laughs> whatever point is there's one the, the last episode of season one takes place way later and is part of a, a larger arc um, it does is like m- mainly takes place in season three i think yeah so, you're right it, that's uh, it takes place oh wow so we're recording episode 22 of the podcast that will be episode 35 so yeah sign- <laughs> wow. significantly later yeah, we're basically done with season one, just not not exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so I, I guess I do the, you the do. reading this time. Yeah. Because of that. yeah, we've got three episodes, so we, we can alternate, so you can do the middle one if you want. Sure. Yeah, okay, so the first episode of this arc is Storm Over Ryloth. The moral is, it is a rough road that leads to the heights of greatness. And now the Admiral Yularen thing, which, by the way, Admiral Yularen is in this episode a bunch. Yeah, so. he's, he's a major player in this arc. It's fun. Yep. All right. Episode 19, Storm of Ryloth. <clears throat> Planet Ryloth invaded, subjected to a brutal droid occupation. The people of Ryloth are starving under the blockade of a separatist fleet. Evil separatist leader Wat Tambor now rules with an iron fist. Answering a plea from the Senate, the Grand Army of the Republic mounts a bold offensive to liberate the system. It is up to Anakin Skywalker and his Padawan Ahsoka to make way for Obi-Wan's ground assault. I love Wat Tambor. He's so weird. What? Yeah, he's so weird, and I also love... His name is fun to say. Wat Tambor. Wat Tambor. It's good. He, uh, he walks he's around... He's a techno-union boy. He's a techno-union boy. He uh, walks around, like... He doesn't really walk. He kind of just glides, uh, which I assume, <laughs> like, on, on wheels. Yeah. Like, one of those, like, uh, hoverboard things is kind of what I imagine he's riding underneath his robes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he also, yeah. I get... He's um, on a segue all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he also, like, reminds me of Evil Emperor Zerg, the way he, like, moves around. <laughs> and his, his shape is kind of zerg It is zerg He's got kind of that weird sort of cylindrical head, like... Yeah. Yeah. That is interesting. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> all right. All right. So, here we go. So, aboard a Luker Hulk-class battleship flanked by two munificent-class frigates over Ryloth, Namorian Captain Martuk receives orders from Emir Wat Tambor, who emphasizes Wat that the Re- Wat Tambor, who emphasizes that the Republic cannot invade Ryloth. Martuk as- assures Emir Tambor. Emir is that his 
first name? Interesting. Uh, Emir Tambor, that their blockade is impenetrable. <gasps> is it the word? And that the Republic... Impenetrable offense. That the Republic will get quite a surprise when they arrive. The Resolute, Defender, and Redeemer arrive in the system. Ahsoka Tano boards her fighter, mentioning to her new droid, R787, that this is her first time leading a squadron. Anakin Skywalker stops by to give her some encouragement. Quote, unquote. I wouldn't really call it encouragement. He's just like, go get him. You got it. So you got it. Yeah. Don't worry. This will be yeah. great. Whatever. Yeah. Wing it. It'll be fine. Uh, and Ahsoka leads her squadron out of Resolute. Her squadron checks in and receiving the order from Anakin and Admiral Yularen. <gasps> There's our boy. She <gasps> charges the Separatist blockading, leading Axe, Slammer, Kickback, Tucker, and Swoop. Great clone names. Uh, after great cutting... Names. After um, cutting... Real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, Emir is a title, it looks like. Oh! Um, it, it says, Emir was a title of rulership or authority over others. Early in the Clone Wars, the foreman of the Technic Union, Wat Tambor, was appointed Emir of Ryloth during the separate occupation of that planet. I see. So, it's, it's, so just, it, it's, it's a title. It's a title. Got it. Cool. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, after cutting a path to the lead... After cutting a path to the lead separate ship, Ahsoka advances with her group. However... Four more munificent class frigates suddenly jump out of hyperspace and join the blockade. Admiral Larn and Anakin both order Ahsoka back to the ship, but she stubbornly insists on pushing forward. Tucker's V-19 torrent starfighter is destroyed by the advancing vulture droids, and Ahsoka finally obeys orders and turns back. But the vulture droids begin to sacrifice themselves, ramming themselves into the resolute. This was nuts. That they were like yeah. these they're just like kamikazeing like like vulture droids into the ship, and it like Mm. was was like it was bad it was real real bad yeah although really anakin ends up doing the same thing later with with one big ship uh, really. spoilers spoilers. <laughs> uh, spoilers spoilers i'm sorry yeah <laughs> y'all have already probably watched this episode before you listen to it it's fine <laughs> i yeah. hope so i hope so that's what you're supposed to do everyone that's what you should be doing do it do come it. on do it do it do it all right uh here we go so where am i Tucker's V-19 Starfighter is destroyed by the advancing Vulture Droids, and Ahsoka finally obeys orders and turns back, but the Vulture Droids begin to sacrifice themselves, ramming themselves into the Resolute. One droid heads for the cruiser's bridge, and Admiral Yalarin is severely injured. After losing Axe as well, Ahsoka and what remains of her squadron make it back to the Resolute. The Redeemer is too damaged to retreat and falls apart, but the Defender and Resolute manage to jump to hyperspace. In the hangar, Ahsoka Anakin orders a headcount to determine how many pilots were lost and then reprimands Ahsoka for disobeying orders. Ahsoka learned this trait from Anakin himself, but still takes responsibility, and is severely dejected that she lost so many men. Anakin tries to console her, quote-unquote, by stating that it was a trap and, this, and that this is the reality of war, which is a, a theme we see in this ep- week's episode of Ahsoka. Uh, he's just like, well, that'll yeah. happen. It's war. That's just kind of his MO. That's like really his only like yeah. way to console is like, you should have expected this. That's on you. Um... Very, uh, very emotionally aware, Anakin Skywalker. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Anakin tries to console her, stating that it was a trap, and this is the reality of war. Captain Rex informs Anakin that Jedi Jedi General Mace Windu is demanding a progress support, and he leaves the hangar. Meanwhile, Tambor congratulates Tuke on his success, but warns him not to underestimate the Jedi. Tuke then orders a droid to bring him whatever archive data there is on Skywalker, seeking to learn more about his opponent. Anakin reports his losses to Mace Windu and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan reminds Anakin to give his Padawan time to recover, but but that he will need her help to complete the mission. 
Time is running short, and despite losing almost half his forces, Obi-Wan and Mace give Anakin one planetary rotation to breach the blockade, or they'll have to postpone the invasion. Anakin stresses that the Twilight people can't wait much longer, and the invasion must go on. Ahsoka sits with an unconscious Admiral Yularen and mournfully apologizes for her failure. Rex then calls her away to Anakin, whom she finds in the hangar bay, repairing her starfighter with the help of R2-D2. Anakin then tells her they need to proceed with their attack on the blockade. Ahsoka, still shaken from her earlier failure, questions the readiness. Anakin receives a call from the Defender and orders Ahsoka back to her quarters to cool off. Meanwhile, Took, certain that Skywalker will counterattack, orders his droids to their battle stations. Alarm sound on the Resolute, and Ahsoka exits quarters to find clone troopers running to stations. A clone trooper reports to Ahsoka that the Defender is being evacuated for an unknown reason. When she arrives at the hangar, everything from the Defender is being loaded onto the Resolute. Anakin credits Ahsoka with the inspiration for his latest plan. He proposes that he will pilot the Defender alone into the lead battleship, taking out the enemy commander and thus leaving only easily outmaneuvered battle droids in command. Ahsoka thinks it's a reckless plan, but Anakin leaves it to Ahsoka to command the remaining forces while she remains defenseless in an escape pod. While he remains defenseless in an escape pod after destroying the Defender. Anakin leaves on a shuttle, and quote, Commander Ahsoka is now in charge of the Resolute. Uh yeah, this is uh this is peak Anakin Skywalker, just like, well, good luck. <laughs> yeah, it, it it's very much like yeah, this is one of his harebrained schemes, definitely. Yeah. It's a like, you'll, you'll figure it out. Skywalker. Like, I'm going to do this. You will figure out how to back me up. And I'm going to go. <laughs> yeah. and, you have it was... and you have until I'm about yeah. to die to, uh, to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was so... If it was funny to me that like earlier on when uh, Ahsoka like refuses to pull back. At first, she's like, not following orders. <laughs> Admiral Yalaren, like turns to Anakin and is like, did you teach her not to follow orders? And I'm kind of like... Yeah. Yes. Did. <laughs> yes, you did. It's exactly what you did. I learned it from you, Dad. I learned it from you. All right. Uh, where are we? Where am I? Great. Uh, Ahsoka reports to the bridge of the Resolute, and Anakin is ready to get underway. Rex and the Resolute's clone navigation officer await orders. Tambor updates Captain Took with information from Count Dooku that the Republic forces are too thin to mount an effective counterattack, and that any attempt to do so would be suicide. But Took still believes Anakin is coming and basks in the opportunity to achieve fame for the defeat of such a great warrior. Ahsoka brings Rex and the navigation officer up to speed, and they are very skeptical of their chances of success. The navigation officer accidentally blurts out that they usually have Anakin to lead them. While he doesn't mean Ahsoka any offense, she still realizes how much bigger her responsibility is. This was kind of a hard scene to watch, uh, like from Ahsoka's yeah, perspective. Yeah, it, it was this... I mean, yeah, it, it was... I, I could feel her her discomfort, like... In that moment of like, she's she's you know she's been put in this this difficult position. She's you know very new to this. Uh, she's still getting over like this this really bad mistake she made earlier. Yeah, and the guilt of that, and now she's like she's been put in a position where she's been given this this extra amount of responsibility. Like it's it's up to her to you know to lead this attack and and make sure that things go smoothly so that her master doesn't die yeah and so that they can get onto this planet and save all these starving people and she's like okay um i guess i i'll i'll, I'll t- <laughs> i guess i'm i'm here and i'm i'm leading this and immediately you know one of the clones ends up like basically like undermining not not undermining but like you know 
being like, I wish we had a better leader here. Yeah. Like if you were in charge, we would, we wouldn't be screwed. It's like what he says. Like, yeah. <laughs> which, like, and, and then he, he's made it like, uh, Oh wait, sorry. Uh, I didn't, um, I should not have said that. Shouldn't have told you that. Not have told you that. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, the defender emerges from hyperspace and Anakin calls, hails captain Tuke, offering to surrender himself and his vessel. Haha. In exchange for a safe passage of food and medical supplies to the people of Ryloth. Ahsoka details the battle plan after Anakin's collision with the battleship. She intends to tilt the Resolute in a maneuver away from the frigates, using it as a screen to launch fighters that would then defeat the remaining ships. The navigation officer is doubtful and suggests taking time to come up with a better plan. Ahsoka asserts that these are her orders and that Anakin is counting on her, but corrects herself in saying she that he is counting on them. Admiral Yularen returns to the bridge and supports Ahsoka, giving her much-needed confidence. This was kind of a cool scene, but also I felt like it was a little cheapened by Admiral Yularen showing back up. Because it was like, Ahsoka like, finally like, stood up for herself and was like, no, this is, this is like a good plan, and we're going to be fine, mm-hmm. and like we got to do it. And they were like, I don't know, but like until like Admiral Yularen, until this dude shows up, like, the, like it was like this little girl was like, I have a plan. It was like, genuinely a good plan. And it wasn't until um, basically their, their male leader was like, no, yeah, it's it's a good plan. Like, oh, okay, I guess it is a good plan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's <clears throat> I do I do like I do kind of appreciate it, like the fact that, um, like especially since like earlier, uh, Admiral Yalarn clearly has like a, you know, she's he's frustrated with her. Yeah, he, he is clearly skeptical um, of her abilities, for sure. Yeah, and then and then in this moment, he's like, he comes back and he's like, no, I I, I trust you. I can see that you're. You know, that this is a good plan and I'm going to back you up on this, which was a cool moment. It was to, a cool know. moment. That's for I mean, sure. You know, there's, you know, like, like you said, there's, there's an aspect of it of like, yeah, it, it does kind of undermine the, like, you know, the power of Ahsoka's decision in that, in that moment. But it's also like, I think it, it was ultimately good for her to have that, that backup, especially in, in that moment of like, where one of the, the clones is like, uh, yeah, I don't know about this. Let's, let's take some more time to think of a better plan, which is like, on the one hand, like, First of all, you're supposed to listen to to your commanding officer, which is Ahsoka at at that moment. Yes, um, and also just like clearly, he like Ahsoka's right. They don't they don't have time to come up with a better plan. It's yeah. it's, it's now or never. And yeah. and also it's, it's this his, guy, he's like that that clone's kind of doubted her abilities because she's she's young. Uh, you know, leads him to like make a basically a bad decision to be like I don't know. Let's let's try something else. Like. Like, no, you shut up. You gotta, yeah, we gotta do something, yeah. You know? And also, like, this guy's the he's the navigation officer, he's the map guy, he's not the, the strategy guy, he's the map guy. And he's like, I don't know about this, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's literally just like in charge of the map, like, and like making sure that <laughs> so, goes. yeah, so it should be like, you do maps, all right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah shut up, map quest. I got this, <laughs> map quest. That's his name, wow, map quest. <clears throat> all right, uh. Where was I? I keep losing my spot. I keep losing my spot. Alright, great. The Defender emerges from hyperspace. Uh, Anakin, no, where is that? Uh, uh, oh, yeah, cool. Uh, a battle droid reports to Captain Soup that scans the Defender, reveal it to be heavily damaged with all power diverted to forward shields. But there is only one life form on board. Tuke realizes Anakin's deception, and the Resolute emerges from hyperspace. Anakin heads the Defender straight for the Separatist ship. Uh, Ahsoka leads 
heads off to command the fighter squadron, leaving Rex and Admiral Yularen in charge of the Resolute. Anakin leaves the Defender with R2-D2 and boards an escape pod. Captain Toot orders all cannons to fire at the Defender, but it's already too late, and he escapes from the ship. The Defender pierces the center sphere of the battleship. The Resolute moves into position, and Ahsoka leads a squadron of Y-Wing starfighters toward the blockade. The battle droids, leaderless and confused, manage to order a basic attack on the Resolute, but the Republic Y-Wings and V-19 Torrents manage to rip apart the remaining ships in the blockade. Following this, three Acclimator-class transgalactic military assault ships carrying Obi-Wan, Mace Windu, and their troops emerge from hyperspace. Obi-Wan contacts Ahsoka, Riley commenting on the state of Anakin's invasion fleet, and Rex dispatches a shuttle to pick up Anakin's escape pod. End of part one. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. It worked. Her plan worked. And yes. Like, it was like the exact plan, and things went like almost exactly the way she thought they would. And it was a really good plan, and it worked out really well. And yeah. like, Ahsoka, it, like, it was nice that she got a win yeah. <laughs> in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, because she, this, she had been she beaten down. Yeah, she had been beaten down so much this episode. And it was really good to just see uh, her kind of like able to like, like, snap herself out of this funk that she was in um which understandable funk but like be able to like pull herself up by bootstraps and like actually like pull out the win in this battle and it was a really big decisive mm-hmm. win um and uh yeah it was really really cool to see yeah definitely this is a fun episode this is good i i, I it's it, it was a a cool like insight into like um ahsoka having to to be in positions of leadership for the first time and kind of yeah you know her, her kind of learning some lessons and gaining some confidence and yeah it's good and then and then anakin had a harebrained scheme where he got to throw a ship at somebody that was cool yeah it's always fun when anakin has harebrained schemes it's always fun yep all right, now All right. Uh, what, what do you say we move on to the next episode? Let's yeah. do it. Yeah, this episode is really kind of like the the heart and soul of this arc, I would say. Definitely. Um, it's the yeah. most human of the three episodes, and it's really, really good. So the moral of this story called The Innocence of Ryloth, which is episode 20 of season one, the moral is the costs of war can never be truly accounted for. <clears throat> Indeed. Invasion! Separatist leader Watt Tambor has taken control of the planet Ryloth and subjugates its people through a brutal droid occupation. In a daring surprise attack, Jedi Anakin Skywalker and his Padawan Ahsoka Tano defeated the space blockade guarding the planet. Now, Jedi Generals Mace Windu and Obi-Wan Kenobi lead a massive invasion to liberate the starving people. Ugh, this is a good one. Good episode. Alright. So, aboard an Acclimator-class transgalactic military assault ship, that's a mouthful, Mace Windu tells (laughs) Obi-Wan Kenobi as he boards the Crumb Bomber, what? The Crumb Bomber? <laughs> what is that? All right, we're taking a pause. For, you know, the Crumb Bomber. Uh, crumb the Crumb Bomber, Bomber was low altitude assault transport infantry gunship used by the Grand Army of the Republic during the Clone Wars against the Confederate of the Independent Systems. The ship's nose was decorated with art of a Kowakian monkey lizard holding a missile and the Arabesh text, laugh this off. <laughs> so it's just, a, it's just a specific gunship that has like some art on it. Yeah, uh, but it, oh. Years later, during the Imperial era, the Lothal Cantina Old Joe's pit stop had on display the nose of a LAATI gunship with the Crumb Bomber's nose art, which proprietor Joe claimed was the authentic gunship itself. Decades after that, during the Cold War, Anzi's Tavern on the Colossus platform displayed the Kowakian artwork as part of his decor. 
So that's really cool that this uh, ship was, we see it a lot in on Lothal, the Rebels. That's, that's fun. Me. I would have never noticed that. Easter eggs. It's, it's an old Joe's. Yep. Crumb Bomber, great name. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. All right. Uh, so Mace Windu tells Obi-Wan as he boards the Crumb Bomber that when he takes the city of Nabat, they'll have their landing zone for the ground assault forces. However, Wat Tambor anticipates this, and Tactical Droid Commander TX-20 readies his five proton cannons. While using captive Twi'leks as a living shield to further protect them, estimating that the Jedi will not risk a heavy attack. Obi-Wan and Clone Commander... War crime! War crime! <laughs> yep. Obi-Wan and Clone Commander Cody! Yes. Cody! Uh, Cody! Uh, brief ghost company on their mission, and while they must retake the city, they cannot destroy the Twi'leks' home, and are allowed only to use blasters and droid poppers. Above. I like the name droid, <laughs> droid poppers. <laughs> it sounds like something you... So you get like at a movie theater concession stand. Yeah, mm, give me some droid yeah, poppers. something you get like in Galaxy's Edge or something. It's like mm, droid poppers, yummy, <laughs> yeah. like jalapeno poppers, but like more metallic. <laughs> oh, fun! <laughs> mm. Yeah, they left the tinfoil on when they when they uh, fried them. It's great, crunchy. Ooh, get your iron in. All right. So above <laughs> the acclimator, still ships uh, are attacked by the proton cannons below. Commander Pons states. To Windu, that the fire is penetrating their shield. Windu tasks Sylveon with taking the cannons out so larger transports can land. The crumb bomber lands with the other gunships, and Obi Wan and the Ghost Company move, to move towards Nabat. Droid gunners on the outskirts of Nabat pin down Ghost Company. Obi Wan and two troopers, Waxer and Boyle, utilize droid poppers to take out the droids in the bunkers. After losing contact with the droids on the village's perimeter, TX 20 sends two recon droids to find out the Jedi's plan. While Obi-Wan dispatches Cody, Wooly, Waxer, and Boyle to scout ahead. Waxer and Boyle head south while Cody and Wooly go to the courtyard. The latter discover the Twi'leks being held hostage in the cannon's immediate vicinity. Obi-Wan, speaking to Windu via hologram, explains that the hostages will make the mission difficult but not impossible, and he hits upon a plan to disable the guns without letting the hostages come into any danger. Unfortunately, a recon droid broadcasts their, their conference to TX-20, who recognizes Kenobi and begins researching his opponent, finding the Jedi is known for deceptive movements. Waxer and Boyle stumble across a young Twi'lek orphan, Numa, who is at first fearful of them. After they remove their helmets, Numa relaxes a little bit. She calls both of them Nera, or Nera. How does she say it? Nera? Nera. I think it's Nera. Nera. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and takes a ration bar that they give her. Waxer and Boyle move out to finish their scouting. Waxer doing so reluctantly, but Numa follows the two clones. Waxer is still worried about her while Boyle tries to keep him focused on the mission. Numa somehow gets ahead of them and leads them into a shattered building that was once her home. Waxer and Boyle, moved by the losses the war has inflicted upon the child, take it upon themselves to keep her safe. TX-20 reveals his plan. To use uh, starved gutkers? The gutkers? Is that how we... Oh, we're going to say gutkers. Yeah. Probably, yeah. Yeah, to yeah. take out Republic forces. These things look like uh, giant grasshoppers, but like, like carnivorous grasshoppers. <laughs> they look yes. like, like from it's behind, they, they look like Hopper from uh, Bugs Life. Like all like the grasshoppers. <laughs> they, they, they do. They have, like, oh, good. They have, that's what they yeah. look like, I think. I don't know. The Kevin Spacey grasshopper. <laughs> the Kevin Spacey grasshopper. That's what they are, Kevin Spacey. <laughs> Yay. Oh, good. oh that's oh, even worse. Good. Oh, God. Yeah, they're all, <laughs> they are all secretly Kevin Spacey. No. Uh -oh. 
All right. So uh, the two. Wait, where? All right. We've got Chris. Right. Back to the public camp. Cody yeah. has noticed that Waxer and Boyle's absence and broadcast transmission to contact them. Seeing the Republic troops on the move, TX-20 orders the Gutkers released. The two clones receive transmission and realize that they are severely late. They try to brainstorm possible excuses. However, the Gutkers suddenly appear, and the two clones and Numa rush back into the house. Numa shows the clones an escape passage, and they run into the underground tunnels just in time. This escape passage thing was very reminiscent of Season 1, I think, of Rebels in um, the Bridger household. They had tunnels just like this in yeah, Ezra's yeah. house. Like and it like mm-hmm. same kind of lighting, same just kind of like dingy, like war torn. Like I felt like I was on Lothal, like during this this part of the episode because mm-hmm. it's like same plot device, same like everything. Yeah. It was great. I loved it. It all rhymes. Mm-hmm. Good old Star Wars. All right. So meanwhile, the Ghost Company is attacked by Gutkers. Obi Wan uses the Force to lure the creatures into an alley bordered by a bridge. Cody and his men fire at the bridge, and the Gutkers are trapped. While Obi Wan leaps out. But the clones defeat the creature, TX-20 knows their numbers are very thin. Suddenly, Waxer and Boyle emerge from a hatch in the street nearby with Numa in tow. Obi-Wan co- converses with Numa in Twi'leki, who agrees to lead them to the prisoners, while Cody and his men create a diversion with Obi-Wan, Waxer, and Boyle, freeing the Twi'lek prisoners. <clears throat> After Obi-Wan frees the prisoners, Numa is reunited with her uncle, Nilam Brill. However, a battle droid reports the rescue attempt, and TX-20 turns his AAT around. Obi-Wan takes control of a proton cannon. With the help of Waxer and Boyle, he manages to destroy the other cannons. However, a blast from TX-20's tank destroys their cannon and knocks the three to the ground. Numa runs to her clone friends and huddles close to Obi-Wan, even as he tries to push her out of line of fire. TX-20 targets Obi-Wan Numa, laughing evilly. This was, it was just like, like cartoonish laughter. Uh, like mm-hmm. I, me and Sarah and Marion were all watching this together, uh, right before we recorded, and Sarah thought this was so dumb and so funny, like how this droid <laughs> just like it went. Ha, ha, it's a, and it's, a, it's a robot. Yeah, <laughs> it, doing it, the most robotic. It's the most laugh ever. Ha, 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 ha. It's like, like it was. It was <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, laughing evilly, including that Obi Wan has lost. Incensed by the threat to Numa, the Twi'leks rush out of hiding, swarm over the tank, and tear TX-20 to pieces with their bare hands. A possibility the hyper-intelligent droid has not foreseen, as evidenced by his last words, does not compute, does not compute. The acclimate, that was silly, but I'd like to. Yeah, does <laughs> not compute. was very, like, is 80s robot, the best. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The acclimator transports land, and Mace Windu can, commends Obi-Wan on his victory. However, their new objective is much harder to take the Ryloth capital of Lasu, and order, and and free this world. Waxer and Boyle say goodbye to Numa, and as the army heads toward the capital, Numa calls Nera out to Waxer and Boyle again. And Obi Wan translates Nera means brother. Smiling, Waxer and Boyle turn and wave back at Numa before moving out toward the sun, intent on freeing this world. End of part two. Yeah, yeah this is this is a, a nice episode i mean for, for a couple of reasons one is we get to see some cool like obi-wan working with the clones to do cool strategic stuff and like uh i, I like the, the the moment when like they're trying to throw the droid poppers over the wall and they can't do it and obi-wan's like throw it again i'll, I'll help you and he like pushes it with the force yeah like, that's cool that was cool and then the, the other moment when he like uh obi-wan kind of uses the force to lure all of those uh the gut curs over 
yeah. uh to like behind where that bridge is and then he's like shoot the bridge and like traps them in there and then he like ninjas his way like the jedi jumps around to get out of it, it was and great you, yeah that, that was a cool moment um but yeah like, like you said the this episode definitely feels like the emotional core of this arc because mm-hmm. we get to see like uh you know specifically the, the story with with waxer and Boyle. oh yeah uh, you know you know discovering numa and kind of uh what was i think waxer was initially like uh we, we got to take care of her we got to help her we can't just leave her here and Boyle's like leave her behind we don't don't get yourself killed for the sake of this one little kid and then eventually even Boyle's like we'll take care of you, <laughs> you <know>? yeah <laughs> it, it, yeah it was it was just, it was a sweet kind of like you know getting to see this this like you know this relationship build between you know people that can't communicate you know but like uh i don't know it was, it was just a little a sweet little story to get to see how they kind of helped each other and it's, it's a reminder i think it's, it's one of those one of the, the good moments that we get in the clone wars of like the clones being reminded of like sort of the the human or quote-unquote human <laughs> cost of war yeah you know and and you know, being reminded of like what they're fighting for and what the point of it is yeah um, and yeah. It, yeah it was it was also like there are a couple of things that waxer was the the nicer one and boy was the one who's more mission focused is that right yeah yeah because yeah. mm-hmm. uh, like at the the at the start of waxer and boils like um them going off and looking and doing recon and stuff uh boil was just kind of he's just marching through and just like looking for stuff and waxer was like hey this is a city people used to live here but it's empty what happened to them like what's going on he's just very like you can tell waxer is very concerned about the the human element of of what's mm-hmm. going on um and then yeah. waxer when they meet numa um she's clearly scared of them and he's like oh no no, no we're not like them and he takes off his helmet and shows like no i'm a person like i'm just like you and then he's the one who pulls out the food and gives it to numa um just like very much like like we're not like them we're not droids we're not mm-hmm. like heartless killing machines we're people just like you and she responds by calling them brother which is it's super adorable. It it's, is. It's great. Yeah. I like that reveal at the end. Yeah, it was really, really good. Ah, good episode. Yeah. All right. And then, then the whole, like, the sequence of, of like, uh, them freeing all the Twi'leks and then the, you know, fighting Wat Tambor and they, like, or not, not Wat, no, not Wat, Wat Tambor, the, the, the droid guy. TX-20. TX-20 or whatever his name is. Yeah. Um, using the cannons against them and then all the Twi'leks, like, just like World War Zing onto onto this tank, like yeah. you know, just just tearing them apart. And they like, I love how the, there's a shot where they they like they're just a, a crowd of people on top of him on the ground, and then one of them like holds up his head. It's like, yes, we did it. Yeah, we got his head. It's it great. Um, yeah. Well, are we ready to move on to the last step, the final episode of the, the arc? I do think we are. All right, now I'll read the thing for this one. All right, so the final episode of this arc is Liberty on Ryloth. The moral is, compromise is a virtue to be cultivated, not a weakness to be despised. Uh, and this, this is an episode all about Mace Windu and Chomsundula. So this is a good it's one. It's great. Uh, mm-hmm. Republic victory is at hand. 
Clone troopers under the command of the Jedi have successfully invaded the Separatist-occupied world of Ryloth. Anakin Skywalker battles the enemy in the skies, while Obi-Wan Kenobi frees villages from the grip of vile Separatist leader Wat Tambor. Now, Jedi General Mace Windu leads the attack on the enemy lines in the final offensive to liberate the capital city of Lesu. Alright, so, part three. So, as Mace Windu and his forces head to Lesu along a cliffside path with ATTE walkers, they are ambushed by several AATs. The tanks incapacitate the first walker in a line and then target the, the rear walkers, setting, seeking to trap and destroy Republic forces. Mace saves the gunner, and then Commander Pons comes up to him and informs Windu that they are pinned down. Windu and Pons order Lightning Squadron out to the front, while Windu force pushes the fallen walker off a cliff, clearing the path. Lightning Squadron is deployed from the ATTEs and moves up to the front. Mace, Commander Pons, and the rest of Lightning Squadron then overrun the tanks and droids using ATRTs and grenades. Afterwards, Pons tells Windu that they've lost 32 men along with command crews of three walkers. A recent a recon droid spies on Windu and Pons, discovering that the Republic forces will reach Lasu sooner than expected and that they will need help to take Lasu. After well, excuse me, watching the stream uh, at his command center at Lasu, Emir Wat Tambor confers with his tactical droid TA-175, refusing to retreat despite the odds being against him. Tambor states that Windu doesn't have the troops to protect the city. Tambor orders that all droids be brought into the city and to secure the bridge. In a holographic conference aboard Windu's lead ATTE in his column, Anakin Skywalker informs Mace, Supreme Chancellor Palpatine, Yoda, Admiral Yolaren, and Senator Orn Free Ta that his fighters have the space around Ryloth secured. Mace mentions that Obi-Wan has taken the Jixuan Desert and that the southern hemisphere of Ryloth is secure. The only thing that remains is to retake Lasu. Republic spies are certain that Tambor has his command center there. Yoda asserts that when they arrive, when they, when they have taken the city, they must capture Tambor. But Mace is unsure if that is possible. Tambor has chosen his stronghold well, and with the only way in or out of Lasu being a plasma bridge. A siege could drag out on indefinitely. With Republic forces stretched thin, Mace decides to enlist the help of Twi'lek Resistance in order under the command of Cham Syndulla. Chancellor Palpatine states that Syndulla was a radical before the war and could be very unpredictable. Senator Ta mentions that before the war they were political rivals, and still are. Senator Ta states that Syndulla seeks to gain power. Windu le will leave the politics to Senator Ta, but Windu... Uh, will do what he must to help his people. Palpatine requests reinforcements be sent instead, but Admiral Yolaren informs him that none are available. Mace states that the Republic can't win without Syndulla's help. Mace and two members of Lightning Squadron discovered the site of a massacre accompanied by Twilight Graves. Mace discovers fresh animal tracks and they hear the sound of one of the animals. Mace heads along with troopers Razor and Stack. Meanwhile, Count Dooku informs Tambor that his tactical droid has informed him of the pitiful job he has done. Tambor insists that the droid has exaggerated and asserts that he has not lost. Dooku states that Tambor is no match for Windu and orders him to retreat with what valuables he can and destroy everything else. Tambor is rather alarmed, but Dooku explains Ryloth's fate will demonstrate to the galaxy the cost of a Republic victory. Mace and the two troopers come across a patrol of battle droids looking for another lost patrol, but instead of defeating him, Mace allows the rebels to attack them. They come across the Freedom Fighters, but Cham Syndulla 
was rather adamant against giving his help to the Republic. TA-175 notifies Tambor that bombers are ready for launch and states he will, is, he will ready Tambor's ship for evacuation. However, Tambor is not ready to leave. Mace, Razor, and Stack accompany Cham to his hideout under a wrecked C-9979 landing craft. Mace mentions that they can stop another massacre from happening, but Cham states that when the droids invaded, the Republic was unable to help and they were forced to surrender. Then the Separatists brought tanks to exterminate them. Stack examines a blurg, but after it snaps at him, Tay Boone chuckles and mentions that his blurg is faster than the riding machines, though Stack is doubtful. <clears throat> I think Ooh. it's the first mention of blurgs. I think like, so. I, I I know of blurgs from the Mandalorian because they're they're a more central thing, but I like I, I think this is probably the first time that at least they're named. Like, yeah, because we I think thing. Because we've seen them we saw I think we see them on Tatooine in one of the movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. like they're never they're probably named they're like probably named in like in a visual encyclopedia or something, but like not yeah. not their names are never spoken in mm-hmm any like media yeah so yeah that, that was that was a cool moment like oh blurgs i know what that is now <laughs> i yeah. remember those yeah that was good all right uh where am i yep all right despite his misgivings about the republic cham displays the tradition of the twi'leks to give their guests what it to give their guests whatever food and drink they still have separatist bombers launch and tambor targets all villages within range starting with inhabited ones Hans leads his troops and the ATTEs to a village where he plans to spare some of the rations to the hungry twilight women and children in the village. The village is suddenly blasted to bits by the bombers. Cham tells Mace that he doesn't trust Senator Ta, despite the fact that the clone troopers will stay for a while after the war to ensure the security and keep the peace. Cham insists that another armed occupation is not a free Ryloth. Sindula asks how long it will be before he's fighting the Republic and the Jedi. As the two receive a report from Pons about the destroyed villages, Cham decides that he will speak to Ta. Tambor oversees the loading of valuables onto a shuttle by Twilight slaves, and a droid tells Tambor that two more transports are still coming from the South Sector, thus Tambor decides to wait for the last of his valuables to valuables of the world to arrive, uh, and will be loaded onto his shuttle, much to the fury of Dooku, who wants him out of the city before Republic arrives. Once Windu has invaded the city, Dooku orders it be bombed from afar. Man, this uh this interchange between Tambor and Dooku about Tambor is just like 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 tapping the brakes as much as he can, like just stalling to get as much like mm-hmm. cash and gold out of Ryloth as he can. Um mm-hmm. it's ultimately his downfall. Like we see like he's yeah. and like and Dooku's just like get the hell out of there, get the hell out of there, like I need you out now. And he's like, mm-hmm. no, I can get more cash. It was like I'm gonna I'm gonna keep you know, it's just it's like pride and greed are like keeping him there. Um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. Oh man! All right, <laughs> great. So TA one seventy five will bomb the city despite what Tambor wants. Cham and Senator Ta engage in a holographic conference and begun begin to verbally spar. Mace regulates the conference and Anakin reports that his fighters are trying to destroy the bombers, but there are too many. Mace instructs him to destroy the bombers and then meet him at the capital, and Anakin t- continues to engage the bombers with the assistance of his Padawan, Ahsoka Tano. With assistance from Mace, Cham and Ta reach an agreement. Ta will not let Ryloth fall to another armed occupation, while Cham promises he will not seek power and rallies his men. Meanwhile, as battle droids... This is, th- this is a cool Real quick. 
Yeah, this is cool. Yeah, this is an imp- I think this is an important moment to talk about because Orn Frita ends up being a, a, a pretty important character, and the relationship between him and Chom and the people of Ryloth is uh, one of the kind of an, it's an interesting ongoing kind of story throughout the Clone Wars. Um, yeah. So Orn Frita is a selfish senator who lives on Coruscant and doesn't actually care about his people, and we, we kind of, he shows his true face uh, later on in the series. Um, but you know, for the moment, it looks like they are kind of in agreement. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's 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 a whole lot of conflict there that we will see later on. But yeah, one free talk sucks. He's terrible. Not good. <laughs> Not a good guy. Yeah. This All is right. also the first. I think it's the first time we hear him speak. I don't think he's ever had a speaking role up until this episode. So. Huh. I didn't realize that. All right. So yeah. meanwhile, battle droids escort the civilians of Lasu to the outer wall to slow Mace Windu down. As Mace and Cham discover this, they spot two MTTs making their way toward the city. Cham reports that his spies say that they are filled with stolen treasure, and they decide to use them to get across and activate the bridge despite the chance of being scanned. Mace, Razor, and Stack slice a battle droid on a stap and enter the rear transport while Cham prepares to lead the attack. Mace orders Pons to create a diversion and get Lightning Squadron ready. The plasma bridge is activated. For the transports and they begin to cross. Tambor prepares to leave with the last of his treasures. However, the battle droids scan the transports and they pick up an anomaly on the second transport. As the droids open the transport's doors, Mace and the troopers exit the transport and destroy the two battle droids, while the Republic forces begin to open fire. The bridge is deactivated and Mace uses the force to push Razor and Stack across. Mace uses an STAP to get to the other side and the battle droids begin the uh, attack on the three. This is a cool little moment. Uh, just of the uh, yes, Mace Windu we have to talk about being nuts. Yeah, this is honestly the coolest Mace Windu moment I think. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. it's it's so like so like they're they're standing on this bridge, this like hall, hollow bridge or whatever. It turns off, uh, and Mace like pushes these two clones to the edge so that they're able to get you know to to safety you know before like as the the bridge is turning off. Then Mace begins falling. And then he like runs up the side of the tank that is falling with him, jumps off of it, jumps through the air, grabs onto like a, a flying like battle droid on a thing, and then like flips up on top of it and force jumps across through the air to the other side and does it all like super gracefully and it's sort of in slow motion and like the music stops for this whole sequence and it's such a cool like it was cool. Mace Windu casually doing something so incredible. Yeah, it, <laughs> it was. was, just, it was yeah. Awesome. All right. It's one of those one of those few moments where like like Mace tends to be kind of a, a quieter, like you know, not not a necessarily an impressive character most of the time. We don't get to see him like let loose. But this is one of those moments where it's like, oh, he's very good at what he does. Yeah. Mace Mace is like Oh yeah. He knows what he's doing. He does. Alright. Uh where were we? Alright. Um Mace takes out an entire droid squad and tank on his own while Razor and Stack get the bridge up just in time for Cham, Pons, and, the, and their forces to cross. The citizens of Lasu wave happily at the passing Freedom Fighters. Mace instructs Cham to take care of the droids while he finds Tambor. The Freedom Fighters and Lightning Squadron take out the AATs and the droids quickly. In the control room, Razor and Stack are ambushed by several battle droids and two commando droids, but they defeat them. TA-175 lifts off in the shuttle without waiting for Tambor, much to the latter's surprise. This was kind of funny. Uh, the droid is like, I'm getting out of here. Like, it was a droid. It's like, no, I'm not waiting for this guy, even though it was, like, not his ship. <laughs> yeah. uh, and Tam yeah. was like, oh, my ship. It's there. going away. My ship. Oh, no, my ship. It was, it was funny. Yeah. 
Um, Excellent. Yep. TA one seven five reports to Dooku regarding Tambor's refusal to retreat in time. Despite his unfortunate setback, Dooku gives the order for bombers to destroy the city immediately. Mace subdues Tambor's two super battle droid guards and holds Tambor at bay. Tambor tries to reason with the Jedi, but Windu, ref- Windu refuses since he has the upper hand. Tambor then states that a surrender is unnecessary since bombers are coming. They will both perish for the glory of the Separatist Alliance. While the bombers approach, Anakin and Ahsoka attack and destroy them. Freedom fighters and clone troopers surround Tambor. Tambor then asks Cham for terms of surrender. Cham states that they are unconditional, and Tambor reluctantly agrees. Syndulla thanks Windu for freeing his world. Later, Cham and Senator Ta wave the people in a parade with both the Freedom Fighters and the Clone Forces, with Windu and Pons watching in satisfaction. Ryloth is freed. The Yay! End. The end. Huzzah. Very this good, good arc. arc. Very, very good arc. Very, yeah. It's like very, it's a, it's definitely one of like the more important arcs in the Clone Wars. Um, mm-hmm. Just in terms it sets of, up a lot of things. It yeah. does. It does. Because um, yeah, the the kind of the 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 people of Ryloth and uh, Chomps and Dula and their kind of place in the war, um, and also their relationship with Orn Free Tie ends up being one of the major kind of plot lines that gets returned to multiple times over the course of the Clone mm-hmm. Wars. Um, it's just a, and it, it's it's one of the this I think the main kind of examples of like here's what a particular like one particular world is like when they they get caught in the middle of this war and how does it affect these people and you know how does somebody who who represents these people and their interests react to this war and like the, the idea that like neither side is great like maybe yeah. being with the republic is technically better but it's still like you said it's like you know if the clones are still around they're still an occupied planet and they're not free and, yeah you know it's there's there's still political machinations political interests uh in play at all times um, yep yeah um but it was just a quality episode with some really good action sequences and some fun like like strategies and and some back and forth and just a lot of cool stuff a lot of cool stuff happening in these, these episodes um, yeah they were all, it was also cool because it was like it was one arc but it was like each episode felt really standalone like you'd watch each of them individually and be like this is a good just standalone episode but it all was about one thing yep um we also got like we got a, a different focus of characters for each one like the the first episode was Anakin and Ahsoka mainly, and then the second episode was about the clones, uh, basically those two clones and Obi-Wan, essentially. Um, and then the third episode was about Mace and the clones and Chom. Yeah. Yeah, so like, yeah. It was really we cool. Got, we got a, a bunch of different, you know, stars, these episodes. Yep. Uh, do you have one favorite part? I know we're, I'm really short on time, but like, do you have yeah, a yeah. favorite part? We'll get through this quick. Yeah. Uh, I think my two favorite parts that come to mind are uh the the cool mace windu moment where he does the bridge thing that was incredible um and also the the moment at the end of the second episode when it's revealed that uh the little twilight girl was saying brothers that whole time yeah was like, oh, that, that was that was my favorite sweet. part for sure that mm-hmm. and ahsoka's been working in the first yes episode. that was right that was good yeah satisfying um uh, what about mvp i feel like i want to give it to the little twilight girl <laughs> i do I too like... yeah i mean <laughs> yeah. I, I, initially i was gonna say uh ahsoka then uh the twilight girl and then mace windu i was like no it's mm-hmm. just it's nira it's nira uh numa numa dang it nira's brother in twilight yeah yeah numa pretty good numa you did it. uh yeah so I, I was gonna say this is the i was gonna be like this is the only time that numa will get a chance of at being uh 
no, like like MVP. But it turns out Numa shows up later in Rebels, like really? as an adult. Apparently, yeah, that's so cool. So I like that's that. rad. Yeah, we'll see that um, in about a year. Yeah, yeah, Numa, <laughs> uh, super cool. I I I mean, honestly, a because it's I don't know, it she's she's adorable, but also the fact that she does actually end up being really helpful. Like she helps those two clones, but also helps all of the clones free her people like by you know showing them the the underground passageways and everything so like yeah she deserves mvp for sure totally i agree all right uh we do technically have a voicemail from jason but we're gonna cut it for time we'll do it next time it's just a it was a fun question but uh it is almost midnight and i got work in the morning so we're gonna call it here jack Boyd, it's been great it's been real it's been fun it's been real fun any closing thoughts before we log off closing thoughts uh Chomps and Dula, exciting. Orange Free Ta sucks. Um, Numa, MVP, and uh, Ahsoka, incredible. Yep. I'm excited to to see what awaits us in the next episode. For sure. Bring um, on Thrawn. Let's go. Bring on Thrawn. Let's do it. All right. All right. Uh, bye, everybody. May the Force be with you. Have a good night. And uh, 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 soup. Soup is good. Soup Thank is you good. Sponsor soup. All right. Cut All the right. chatter. Later, dude. Cut the chatter. Roger, Roger. Bye. Bye. All right. Cut the chatter. Roger, Roger. <laughs>